Voices for Justice is a podcast that uses adult language and discusses sensitive and potentially triggering topics, including violence, abuse, and murder. This podcast may not be appropriate for younger audiences. All parties are innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. Some names have been changed or omitted per their request or for safety purposes. Listener discretion is advised. My name is Sarah Turney, and this is Voices for Justice. Today, I am discussing the case of Naomi Arian. Now, this is a very new case from just this month. It's so new that by the time this episode comes out, I'm sure there will be at least one new update. But after connecting with Naomi's sister Tamara, I knew I had to help and fast. On the morning of Saturday, March 12, 2022, 18-year-old Naomi Arian drove her car to the Walmart parking lot in Fernley, Nevada. While Naomi was sitting in her car waiting for a shuttle to arrive that would take her to work, a man approached her car, said or did something that made her slide over to the passenger seat. Then this man entered the driver's seat and abducted Naomi. As of recording this episode, that was about two weeks ago. Since then, an arrest has been made, but the man isn't talking. We all know how critical the first few days and weeks of an investigation are. Naomi's mother, Diana, stated, quote, We can't lose sight of what's really important. And that's Naomi's life. And time's ticking. We're out of time. End quote. So, let's get into it. This is the case of Naomi Arion. This episode of Voices for Justice is brought to you by Quince. The weather is getting warmer, which means it's time to put away all the sweaters and pants and say hello to shorts and t-shirts. I absolutely was looking to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and I went right back to Quince for that. I personally don't love trendy clothes that I have to replace every few months. I am looking to build my solid core collection of essentials, and with the huge selection at Quince, I can do that. They have premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from 30 bucks, washable silk tops, they have jewelry, and so much more. One thing I really love about Quince, too, is that they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices. And they only use premium fabrics and finishes, so you're not cutting any corners when it comes to quality. I've really been trying to play with pairing casual with more upscale pieces. So recently I just matched a silk skirt with this black tee that I just love and fits really, really well. I think it came together pretty cute. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com justice for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot justice to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com justice. This episode of Voices for Justice is brought to you by June's Journey. I'm pretty sure everyone here loves a good mystery, especially one with as many twists and turns as June's Journey. You get to step into the role of June Parker and search for hidden clues to uncover the mystery of her sister's murder. You engage your observation skills to quickly uncover key pieces of information that lead to chapters of mystery, danger, and romance. So what does that mean? Well, June's Journey is a hidden object mystery game. Essentially, you find hidden clues and uncover this mystery. 
but it's also more than that. You can customize your own luxurious estate island, you can join a detective club, and put your skills to the test in a detective league. I like that you can play totally alone, or if you want to play with other people, you can do that too. I find myself playing June's Journey in little breaks during the day, or most frequently at night before I go to bed. Whether you're craving a good mystery or just looking for an escape, I really do recommend June's Journey. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Naomi Christine Arion was born in Houston, Texas on July 25, 2003, to her parents Diana and Hervé. Naomi is the middle child in a large family. She has an older brother named Casey, an older sister Tamara, a younger brother named Daniel, and three additional younger brothers with special needs that were recently adopted from Ukraine. They haven't been named in the media. Naomi's father works as a U.S. diplomat in the Foreign Service. Growing up, Naomi spent much of her childhood in Texas, but her family traveled and lived all over the world, in places like Russia, Germany, and South Africa. In an interview with News Nation Now, Naomi's mother Diana said that she lived a very sheltered life. Because her father was a diplomat, they'd always lived on compounds that were heavily guarded. They had huge walls and barbed wire. Every person coming in and out of these compounds had to show ID. Basically, she's always been in these very protected areas. But in July 2021, Naomi turned 18. And like a lot of 18-year-olds, she really wanted to be independent. So just a month later in August, she moved out of her parents' home in South Africa and moved in with her older brother Casey and his girlfriend Nikki in Fernley, Nevada. Naomi was excited about this new transition and her newfound independence. Now, in my research for this episode, I spoke with Naomi's older sister Tamara. So here she is to tell us a bit more about what Naomi is like. So my sister uh, Naomi, she's she's a a really fun person. She always loves to hang out with people and she loves to, um, make new friendships and new relationships. And she, everywhere she goes, she always makes friends. Um, she has a lot of friends that, that from her most, most recently from her workplace. So, you know, she's moved all over the world, but she makes friends everywhere. So she's got friends all over the world. Um, She's really creative. She not only does she play music and um, and sing and draw. She's also a really good coder, and um, so her her brain works in all these different ways. Um, she's kind of a, a a loud person and a subtle person at the same time. When she's having fun, she's really just you know loud and and proud. And when she's um, when she's trying to figure out what's going on with other people, she can be really subtle and pick up on all these cues and, and just, I don't know, there's so many things about her and I could go on and on, but she's a really wonderful person. Tamara told me that Naomi's plan was to move to Nevada to establish residency. That way she could attend college and pursue a degree in psychology. She said Naomi just wanted to be independent. She wanted to make her own decisions and carve her own path, which seems to be exactly what she was doing. Just the next month in September, 
Naomi began working for Panasonic in a factory about 30 minutes away in Reno, Nevada. Now, remember, Naomi is only 18, and because she was bouncing between so many different countries, driving in the U.S. and driving in general was pretty new to her. So although Naomi does have a car, a 1992 Blue Mercury Sable, she still isn't super comfortable driving long distances. So instead of driving the 30 minutes to and back from Reno each day, she parks at a nearby Walmart in Fernley and catches the free shuttle provided by her employer. This arrangement seemed to work great for her. Not only did she not have to drive an hour round trip to and from work, she'd actually be saving money by taking the shuttle, and be able to achieve the goal of saving up for her own place even faster. So every day before work, she parks in the closest parking spot she can find to the Walmart building. She typically sits in her car and tries to chat with some of her friends in other time zones before the shuttle arrives between 5.30 and 5.45 a.m. Saturday, March 12, 2022 was no different. That morning, Naomi woke up at about 4.30 a.m. to get ready for work. Then she stopped at a gas station to grab some snacks and her favorite monster energy drink. After this, she drives to Walmart and is parked by 5.09 a.m. From 5.09 to 5.23 a.m., Naomi is active on social media. By 5.24 a.m., Naomi was abducted. What Naomi didn't know was that she was being watched. A man police describe as six feet tall wearing a gray hooded sweatshirt and jeans is seen on surveillance at the Walmart. He's on foot. And Naomi's brother said that it looked like the man appeared to be kind of hiding behind some of the parked cars. But then he suddenly squares his shoulders towards Naomi's car and approaches. Naomi's mother said at this point, he looked like a lion about to pounce on his prey. The man approaches Naomi's car from the driver's side. He says or does something that makes her slide over to the passenger seat. He then gets into the driver's seat and drives out of the Walmart parking lot in an unknown direction. Naomi doesn't show up for work, and she doesn't come home that night. Normally, Naomi's brother Casey would have noticed this. But on this day, the timing was just really unfortunate. Casey went to sleep before the time Naomi would have normally gotten home from work. But when Casey woke up the next day and realized his sister never made it home, he panicked. Naomi always at least texted him when she wasn't planning on coming home for the night. And now she wasn't even answering her phone. Casey immediately calls Naomi's friends and family, but no one has heard from her. So he begins calling hospitals and jails in his county and also in neighboring counties spanning all the way to Sacramento, California. Casey knew immediately something was very wrong. After trying to find Naomi all day, he calls the Lyon County Sheriff's Office just before midnight to report her missing. On Monday morning, Casey calls Panasonic, who confirms that Naomi missed work on Saturday and Sunday without calling in. So Casey does some investigative work. Naomi's father, Hervé, has access to her bank accounts, so he was able to confirm that Naomi made it to the gas station that morning to purchase the energy drink and snacks. At this point, Casey figures the next step was trying to confirm if she ever made it to Walmart, so he drives to the Walmart, finds security, explains the situation, and he is terrified by the footage they show him. 
Casey sees the uncut footage of this man stalking his sister before abducting her and driving away. He then calls the Lyon County Sheriff's Office and tells them my sister isn't just missing, she's been kidnapped. It's been over 48 hours since Naomi Arion left for work and never returned home. Her family was able to track her movements to a gas station she regularly visited before work. The next step was trying to determine if she made it to the Walmart she parked at each day before grabbing the free shuttle to her job in Reno. Naomi's brother Casey is able to confirm that Naomi made it to the Walmart, but when security shows him surveillance video of Naomi being abducted, he calls the police and lets them know Naomi isn't just missing, she's been taken. Luckily, the Lyon County Sheriff's Office is taking this case very seriously. The next day, Tuesday, March 15th, they track Naomi's cell phone activity from the Walmart to an industrial park in Fernley about two miles away. This is when they find Naomi's car. But unfortunately, they don't find Naomi. Authorities won't say much about what they found, but they have stated that there was clear evidence of criminal activity inside the vehicle. They also said that after they tracked Naomi's phone to this location, the phone goes stagnant for about 10 minutes, and then there's nothing. As of recording this episode, the results of the forensic testing done on Naomi's car have not been released to the public. Now, at this point, of course, everyone's kind of scrambling. Naomi's family says that she's the type of person that would have froze in that situation. She likely wouldn't have fought back and just complied. They begin looking into Naomi's background, people she's dated, a complaint that she made at work against sexual harassment, but in the end, the authorities don't believe that any of those things are linked to her disappearance. So I'm not going to go into detail. However, Naomi's car did lead them to another vehicle connected to her abduction. Shortly after locating Naomi's car, authorities announced that they are now looking for the driver of a 2020 or newer, dark-colored Chevy 2500 high country pickup truck, stating they believe it is linked to the abduction. On March 17th, the Sheriff's Office, the Pyramid Lake Police Department, and the FBI searched an area in Wadsworth in the area of Hill Ranch Road and Highway 427. This is northwest of Fernley, Nevada, basically the next city over. Now, you guys know I had to go to Google Maps, and this area basically just looks like a huge patch of desert, and there are some train tracks. So far, nothing of note has been found in this area, or at least if it has, it has not been disclosed to the public. On this same day, the Lyon County Sheriff's Office holds a press conference about Naomi's abduction. They announce that they are pulling more surveillance video from the surrounding areas. And they ask for the public's help in locating the dark-colored pickup truck. It's at this point that Naomi's brother Casey also takes a moment to defend the sheriff's office. He says the police are not releasing all of the information they have for a good reason. And he reiterates that the family is being kept informed and they are happy with the performance of the sheriff's office in Naomi's case. On Saturday, March 19th, now one week since Naomi was abducted, a community search is held for her, and over 700 volunteers show up, which I just have to say is absolutely amazing. 
Naomi's brother Casey often gets emotional in interviews when discussing how the community has showed up for Naomi. He says that they're there for whatever he and his family needs. I just have to give a huge shout out to everyone who has been helping Naomi's family. You guys are absolutely amazing. Now, on Monday, March 21st, Naomi's mother, Diana, arrives in Fernley from South Africa. The next day, on the 22nd, the Lyon County Sheriff's Office holds another press conference. They are pretty tight-lipped here. They state that one reason they are hesitant to share all the information they have is because they know it will lead to unhelpful speculation. Now, at this press conference, Naomi's family makes another plea to the public to come forward with any information they may have about seeing Naomi's vehicle or the dark-colored Chevy and to keep a lookout for the clothing Naomi was last and to keep a lookout for the clothing Naomi was last seen wearing and her cell phone. Tamara also asks the public to please not post any new information they think they have but to instead call police and let them handle it. I've actually seen her post this multiple times on social media. So again, if you do have any information about this case, don't put it on social media. Go tell the police. That night, a vigil is held for Naomi at the out-of-town park in Fernley. At 10 a.m. on March 24th, the Lyon County Sheriff's Office puts out a press release asking for information about a witness in the Walmart parking lot on the morning Naomi was abducted. It was a four-door sedan that entered the east parking lot at approximately 5.15 a.m. They drive around the median before parking at the southeast corner of the Walmart building. They were seen on surveillance parked with their headlights on, and the suspect is seen walking directly in front of this vehicle. By 5.45 p.m., the sheriff's office released a second press release, thanking the public for their help in identifying the witness vehicle. Again, the public is absolutely showing up for Naomi and making a tangible difference. Now, here's where the biggest break in the case comes. The next day, on March 25th, a man named Troy Driver is arrested in Fallon, Nevada on first-degree kidnapping charges and the truck in question, the dark Chevy, is impounded. Fallon, Nevada is about 30 minutes away from Fernley, where Naomi was abducted. Again, the police are being pretty tight-lipped about Driver, but here's what we know. In 1997, Troy Driver was arrested at the age of 17. This was for helping hide the body of murdered 19-year-old Paul Stephen Rodriguez. Rodriguez was shot and killed by his then 17-year-old ex-girlfriend. Essentially, Driver helped her move Rodriguez's body into the trunk of Rodriguez's 1986 Mercury Cougar, along with two others. Then, they dumped the car into some brush in a rural part of Mendocino County. In addition to assisting with this, Troy Driver was also being charged with burglary. This was after he robbed convenience stores and a hardware store in Ukiah, California. In the end, Driver pleaded guilty to three charges of second-degree robbery, four firearm charges, two charges of second-degree burglary, and one charge of accessory to murder after the fact. He was sentenced to 15 years in prison. Driver is now being held at the Yerlington Jail with a $750,000 bail. And once again, the Lyon County Sheriff's Office isn't saying much. 
Obviously, Driver is being held on first-degree kidnapping charges in Naomi's case. But they haven't come out to say if Driver is the only person being considered in this case, or if he possibly worked with others. Of course, I had to ask Tamara if she knew of any connection between Troy Driver and Naomi. As far as I know, um, there isn't, but of course, I don't know every minute detail of her life, so I wouldn't be able to tell a definitive answer. Troy Driver's bail hearing was held on Wednesday, March 30th, 2022, the day I'm trying to air this episode. Originally, the Lyon County Sheriff's Office said that this hearing would be broadcast to the public via a Zoom link they shared. However, they later posted that the hearing would not be live-streamed. I am recording this just a little bit after that bail hearing happened. As far as I could find, it looks like he's still in prison, remaining on that $750,000 bond, and if he does bond out, he will have a GPS monitor. Here is the audio of Naomi's brother Casey addressing the media immediately after this hearing. Hello, everybody. My name is Casey Valley, C A S E Y V A L L E Y, Naomi's brother. Um, the family would like to convey again the importance of Troy Driver's safety in this time. Um, they, it does look like they're going to be posting bail, from what I understand. So um, he's the only one that can help us bring Naomi home. He's the only one that we know about. If there's anyone else out there that knows anything, they need to report the secret witness tip line and call the Lyon County Sheriff. And, um, uh, any questions? What is your reaction knowing that there is the possibility that he could be out on bail? It's pretty neutral on that. I know he appeared via Zoom. Do you think if he was able to see the family face to face, it could have an impact? is that he may be able to post that. 
Well, I mean, he does own expensive trucks. That's all I know about him. So. Do you, you guys have planned searches still? Yep. Uh, at this time, we're still planning on doing a public search on Saturday in Hazen. Um, so right off of Highway 50, there's California Road. Go north on that until it ends. And that's where we'll be gathering. Are you kind of relieved knowing that he is, um, he did have his first court hearing and that this is really kind of the first step towards possibly uh, getting justice? No. Why is that? Because I don't have my sister back. So you don't think justice was Have you been given any more information about what police know about him? How are you and your family? Thankfully to everyone that is here to support us, we're doing as well as anybody could. And I mean, my brother-in-law, my girlfriend, my good friends here, there's the mom group and Rocky is a really good friend of mine and I, I, we wouldn't be able to do it, any of this stuff without him. So, uh, we don't want anything except for him. If you could say anything to the suspect, what would you say? I would just sit, ask him to put himself into our shoes. He has family, uh, or so I've been told. So, and I know he's a, probably a father, so I've been told. So, I would imagine, you know, I would ask him to put himself in our shoes and what he would want a suspect to do if that was his daughter that was missing. Are you, are you satisfied with the investigation right now, the, the way it's being handled? Um, Black County Sheriff's Department and the FBI are working very hard on it. So... Of the investigation right now, it's. I mean, I wish there was more, and everybody does, and they're working very hard. Anyone else? Good day. Thanks, sir. Yeah. Although it does seem as if the man who abducted Naomi, or at least one of the persons involved, has been arrested, Troy Driver isn't talking. This isn't his first rodeo. He's been arrested before. He spent over a decade in the prison system. He knows how to keep his mouth shut. And it seems like that's exactly what he's doing. This is where Naomi's case is today, as of literally an hour ago. The focus right now is finding witnesses that saw Troy Driver, his truck, or Naomi's vehicle on or around Saturday, March 12, 2022. Authorities and Naomi's family are also asking the public to be on the lookout for the clothing and items Naomi had with her when she was taken. This includes her iPhone XR, a blue Panasonic t-shirt, a gray cardigan, gray pants, and dark-colored off-brand Ugg boots. Now, the color of the boots are debated. The FBI says they're brown, while her brother Casey says he can't remember if they were black, brown, or gray. But we know that they are dark and not Uggs, but an off-brand of Ugg boots. 
They are also urging the public to not touch any of these items if you do come across them, but to please call police. They want to preserve as much evidence as possible. Now, our call to action today comes directly from Naomi's sister, Tamara. The biggest thing that um, anybody can do to help would be to get the word out about my sister. And even if it takes a while to find her, to never forget her face and never forget um, every every detail of this case, um, especially the people that uh, live in the area and might have seen the truck, might have seen my sister's car between when she was kidnapped and when it was found, um, might, might have seen uh, my sister anywhere at all. Um, just to make sure that everyone keeps it at the top of their mind. I know it's not anybody else's sister. It's my sister, but um, it just cares so much to me that uh, I'm sorry. It means so much to me that uh, everybody cares about my sister um, as much as I do. I think I just need everybody to know that Naomi is worth looking for. Um, And not only just because she's a human being, but just because She's an amazing human being, and she deserves to be able to live the rest of her life with freedom exactly like she wants to. In addition to, of course, coming forward with any information you may have about Naomi's abduction, her family does have a GoFundMe campaign if you feel compelled to donate. This was initially created to help cover travel expenses, but Tamara told me the purpose has since changed a bit. The GoFundMe is still up. Um, we, I think we're pretty much covered for travel expenses. Um, although we, hopefully when my sister's found, we'll, we'll need to travel back to our living places. But um, we would also be using the GoFundMe to cover living expenses while we're here, especially because uh, a lot of us are not working. So uh, the purpose of the GoFundMe has changed a little bit. I tried to update the description in there. But if anyone wants to donate to our private eyes, they can donate at findingkids.org. And that will go directly to the private investigators um, if they mention Naomi's name. So please share Naomi's case and the relevant facts. Please share her picture. Please share Troy Driver's picture. And please share the picture of the truck in question. Naomi and her family are incredibly fortunate to have gotten so much help. There are billboards. The FBI recently added Naomi to their list of most wanted kidnapping victims. Her cell phone activity is being constantly monitored by authorities. And the searches continue. But that doesn't mean you sharing Naomi's case on social media or just telling a friend won't help. You never know who may have that one piece of information that can help bring Naomi home to her family. So again, please share. 18-year-old Naomi Arion was abducted from the Walmart parking lot in Fernley, Nevada on Saturday, March 12, 2022. She is 5 feet 11 inches tall and weighs 240 pounds. Her hair is dyed black and she has green eyes with one eye having a bit of brown in it. She has a smiley face tattoo on her right ankle. Her septum is pierced, as are both of her nostrils. She was last seen wearing a blue Panasonic t-shirt, gray cardigan, gray pants, and dark colored off-brand UGG style boots. She was also carrying a black purse and an iPhone XR. 
none of Naomi's clothing or belongings have been located as of recording this episode. Troy Driver is a white male believed to be around six feet tall. He is 41 years old. Because he's in custody, they haven't put out a lot of information about what he looks like, but from his mugshot, you can tell that he has a shaved head and a beard with some gray in it. Authorities are still seeking information about Naomi's 1992 sun-faded blue mercury sable and the dark-colored Chevy 2500 High Country Silverado. Authorities are looking for witnesses who may have seen either vehicle on or around March 12th. Anyone with information is urged to call the Lyon County Sheriff's Office at 775-463-6620. You can also call Secret Witness of Nevada at 775-322-4900 or email at detective at lyon-county.org. Lyon is spelled L-Y-O-N. And of course, you can also submit tips anonymously online at tips.fbi.gov. But as always, thank you, I love you, and I'll talk to you next time. Voices for Justice is hosted and produced by me, Sarah Turney. For more information about the podcast, to suggest a case, to see resources used for this episode, and to find out more about how to help the cases I discuss visit VoicesForJusticePodcast.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to rate and review the show in your podcast player. It really does help more people find the podcast and these cases in need of justice. Welcome to the Voices for Justice after show. I have been all over this case for days now. I mean, I've obviously noticed it since she came out, but since her sister Tamara reached out to me, I have been trying to study it like crazy getting the facts right. Like I said in the beginning, by the time this comes out, I'm sure there will be new information, despite me getting the most up-to-date information in there as of like an hour ago. But you guys, uh, that's okay. This is an ongoing developing case, and there will be more to come. I also wanted to say that it looks like Troy Driver's next hearing is in April, so it is right around the corner. But again, this is an urgent case, so please share. Naomi's family believes that she's still alive, and I think that there's a lot of hope that that could be the case. I also wanted to let you know that tomorrow, Thursday morning, 10 a.m., because I am trying to get this episode out a day early on Wednesday, so again, Thursday morning, 10 a.m. Pacific, I will be going live over on my TikTok account with Tamara. She is literally doing all she can to get the word out. When I spoke with her, 
I could tell that she'd been doing these interviews. I could tell that she's trying to get as many done as quickly as she can. Not to say that she wasn't a good interviewer. She was amazing. I'm just saying I can tell. I can tell and I can feel that coming from her. So please, she is working day and night, as are the rest of her family, trying to find Naomi. So if you want to check out the stream, again, that's tomorrow. That would be Thursday, uh, March 31st at 10 a.m. Pacific over on my TikTok account, um, which is Sarah E. Turney. Now, one small update I had was um, last weekend, I actually went to an event for Alicia Navarro here in Phoenix slash Glendale, which is kind of the same thing. Um, but I just wanted to say thank you. This is actually the second year in a row that um, Voices for Justice has been able to sponsor that event for Alicia Navarro. So um, we were a sponsor there. It was super great. I had a table and I met a ton of you who just really cared about the case. So thank you to everybody that came out. Thank you especially to Amy, who teaches uh, seventh grade. You are awesome. I loved our conversation. If you're listening, thank you for coming up and talking to me, and thank you for what you do. And again, thank you to everyone else I spoke with, and thank you to all of you. Um, if, it, if it wasn't for the support with your listening through these ad, you know, through ad revenue, I wouldn't have the funds to sponsor events like this. So I just wanted to throw it out there that your consumption of this podcast. And of course, especially to everyone who supports me over on Patreon, it's going to a good cause. It's going to things like that. I had a great conversation with Alicia's mom, Jessica, and again, I'm still hopeful that they will find out what happened to Alicia. But as always, you guys, thank you for tolerating me. I love you, and I'll talk to you next time. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.